Welcome to Insurance Made Simple, Episode 7. I'm your host, Peter Vitale, and thank you for joining me, tuning in and listening. I truly appreciate it. Uh, For those of you who listened to our last episode, Episode 6, it was about the dirty secret in insurance pricing, and that is credit-based insurance scoring. Um, And this practice has been very interesting, and we talked a lot in the last episode about how it, you know, when it came into effect and the big players who are using it and how it's really made the insurance industry a tremendous amount of money. But today, we're going to dive in to some very specific examples of how your credit can affect your insurance pricing. Specifically, we're going to look at auto insurance because I think it's interesting that uh, auto insurance is mandatory to be purchased in every state in the country. So the government tells you as a condition to drive a vehicle, you have to buy insurance, and they're allowing this pricing practice to happen. Now, there isn't many products that the government forces you to buy. And, you know, many people will rightfully say that driving's a privilege. You don't have to drive. Uh, no one's forcing you to. But let's be honest, right? Not all of us live in New York City where public transportation is easily accessible. Therefore, I would argue that in order to really you know, be an active and participating member of society, at least at an adult age, you need to have a vehicle to get around, to work, uh, to buy food, to do just even the basic things to be alive. And so the government requires you to carry an insurance product um, as a condition of driving a motor vehicle, and they allow this practice to happen in most states, right? Credit-based insurance uh, scoring practices are not Uh, Legal in certain states like California um, is always a good example, which is banned since 1988, but it is in many other states. So if you haven't listened to episode six yet, it really gives an overview of this process, and I would encourage you to do this. But here on episode seven, we're going to get into the nitty gritty, and there's actually an algorithm that was publicly filed in the state of Michigan by one of the largest insurers in the country, personal lines, uh, insurance carriers in the country. And uh, the algorithm was filed uh, unsealed, so it was publicly accessible. And we also then broke that algorithm down, and and we're going to go through exactly the differences of how even slight tweaks to your credit have a huge impact on your insurance pricing. We also were then able to use the publicly filed documents to determine on a six-month auto policy on an average Michigan consumer driving an average vehicle in an average neighborhood with a perfect driving record what the price differences are based on these factors from the credit report. And I think you're going to find this fascinating. And I guess before we get into all that, I would just say that um, the big argument that the insurance companies make, and I, I think this is what the purpose of this episode is to debunk this myth. And I'm going to explain a little bit where this argument, I won't call it a myth, I'll call it an argument, where this argument um, has recently um, really been on public display. And that's in the state of Washington. The state of Washington, the insurance commissioner there, had made a temporary rule under an emergency order for the COVID pandemic that banned insurance scoring, credit-based insurance scoring in auto uh, insurance. 
And uh, he did that under this authority. The insurance industry sued him. This played out, you know, in court. And he was, uh, this was struck down because they said, you know what, he exceeded his authority in creating this temporary rule. And I mean, this guy, he's not a fan of credit-based insurance scoring. And uh, so he said, you know what, we're not going to stop here if the courts aren't going to let us do this on a temporary basis because of the pandemic. We're going to just go into a permanent rulemaking mode, and we're going to get rid of this on a permanent basis. And, um, you know, the insurance lobby, right, as we talked about in episode six, they've made a lot of money on this. You know, if you haven't listened to episode six, I'll just encourage you to do that because I give some quotes in there based uh, from a CEO of a big insurance company that really defines how big of an impact this has had on the entire industry. And so the insurance carriers, right, they're making a lot of money on this and they are going to do whatever it takes to keep this in effect in Washington and go against the uh, insurance commissioner there. So their biggest, you know, advantage is really changing the narrative, right? If you don't like what someone's saying, you know, change a conversation. And what they're saying, and their point is, and what I think is a big, big, big myth here, is that, you know, this is going to cause a majority of people's rates to go up because we have so many people who have great credit, right? And, you know, they're playing to people out there who think that they might have perfect credit or near-perfect credit or have really high FICO scores. And they're saying, you know, you're the one who's going to get screwed by this because your price is going to go up because, you know, overall, you know, we need to take in the same amount of money to pay out claims. So the people who have bad credit, their rate's going to go down, but the people who've got great credit, your rate's going up. And what I'm going to show you here today when we went through this algorithm is that I would say there's some pretty interesting tweaks and people who have great credit might not be paying the great rate that they think they are. So... I really want to look into this, and and I'm going to go through this algorithm that uh, was publicly filed in Michigan, and I'm going to read the 16 items, I think it might be 17 items, that um, go into what you're paying for your rate for auto insurance. And the first one is the presence of a derogatory item in the past five years other than one 30-day late payment. So if you have any you know, 60-day, 90-day lates on your, your credit report, that's going to go into your auto insurance pricing. Um, they also have, you know, the second item is the presence of a severely derogatory trade in the past five years. And uh, in order to be considered severely derogatory, a delinquency must be beyond 120 days late. So that's a severely derogatory trade over 120 days. The third item is the number of collections on the past uh, in the past five years. So any collection accounts, except those that are medically related, because um, those are excluded, those are going to count here. And then the fourth item is revolving trades currently 60 to 120 days past due. So if you have anything currently today that's 60 or 120 days past due, um, that's a current trade line item on your credit report, that's going to count in. The number of Payments 30 days late in the past year. That's the fifth line item in this algorithm. So any uh, payments in the past year that you've made that are 30 days late. And then the sixth item is the number of months since the most recent delinquency you've had. Um, so if it's been your most recent delinquency was three months ago, it'd be three. If you've never had one, you know, it caps at 60 months or five years. Um, so we'd input that variable there. Uh, the seventh uh 
Item is the number of derogatory public records in the past five years. So if you have any public records like liens, uh, judgments, any of those in the past five years, those are going to go into computing the score. The eighth item is the months since the most recent derogatory public record. So when's the last time you've had a lien or a judgment filed against you that's on your credit report? Uh, that'll go into the eighth line item here. And then the ninth item is the amount currently past due, capped at $1,015. So how much is currently past due? Is it a dollar? Is it $5? Is it $10? And then we cap that amount at $1,015. Who the heck knows why it's capped at $1,015? That seems kind of low. I mean, people could have, you know, a $3,000 past due amount. I guess they're not getting charged any more than someone who's got $1,015. But it is what it is. So that's the ninth item. Now we go on to the tenth. The number of open revolving trades where you have greater than 70% of high credit amount. So if you have a $10,000 credit card and you have an $8,500 balance, um, that would constitute one revolving trades at greater than 75% of high credit amount. So um, we'd put that there. The 11th is the average number of months that uh, your credit report is uh, aged. And this is excluding auto and mortgages. But the average number of months shows how long you've had a credit report, I guess, is an important factor here. Um, number 12 is the revolving trades opened in the past two years. So uh, again, excluding auto or mortgage. So revolving trades opened in the past two years. Number 13 would be installment trades opened in the past two years. So any loans would be an installment trade. So any of those, it's going to exclude auto and mortgage again, but any installment trades opened in the past two years, uh, maybe a, a personal loan or something of that nature would be accounting here. And then uh, number 14 is the number of bank inquiries in the past two years. So how many inquiries have been made on your credit in the past two years uh, by bank institution? It considers no more than one within a 90-day period. So if you were shopping for a mortgage and you uh, shopped rates at three different banks, all within a 90-day period, it's only going to count once here. And then we get into 15A, the number of credit card inquiries in the past two years. So how many times uh, have you looked to open a credit card in the past two years? And this is going to have a big effect, and we're going to talk about this one later. Uh, and then 15B, the number of active trades with a positive balance. So how many of your credit cards, loans, anything that's currently active have a positive balance on it? And then the number 16, the months since the most recent bank or credit card inquiry. And this is going to cap at 24 months. So 16, 17 different factors here. Um, all, right? I love when insurance agents will tell you, you know, well, your insurance score is based on things like accidents and driving record. This is an insurance score algorithm. There's nothing about accidents or driving record here. This is all about your financial history. This has got nothing to do with your driving record or uh, your insurance history. And maybe that's calculated in some other parts of the overall insurance pricing. But in this particular part where we're talking about a credit-based insurance score, these are just credit items, guys. There's nothing more or less about this. And so when we look, before we go in and we calculate like a model score using this algorithm, this particular insurance company has 16 outputs on a price. And I told you we're going to look at someone, an average person in an average neighborhood driving an average car with a perfect driving record. 
Now, this insurance score will have 16 outcomes. We get one all the way to 16. And if this person, this average driver, had the score of one, which in this particular instance is the best possible rate, they would be paying $1,769 every six months for the policy. Now, if they have just a disaster of a credit situation and they come out with the very worst rate possible, they're going to pay $6,748.76 every six months. That is the difference. Everything else being the same, just having a perfect credit score, near-perfect credit score to completely almost the worst possible, that is a $4,979.68 difference in your six-month auto premium. That is the difference of $829.95 per month. Now, someone in the insurance industry thinks the difference between these two people is worth an $829.95 five cent per month price increase. And maybe that's what statistics might show somebody, but I would argue that that seems a little crazy. And I think that most people listening to this podcast would think that that's a little crazy. And I would think that obviously the insurance commissioner in the state of Washington, who's trying to get rid of this, if he were to see this, he would say, well, Peter, That's a little crazy, and that's why I'm looking to get rid of this in the state of Washington, and that's why I'm fighting like hell to make sure it happens. So again, let's get back to the myth of the insurance industry, and what they're going to tell you is that, you know, well, you've got a good credit score, Peter, so you're going to pay less, and if we get rid of credit score, you're going to pay more, so you're really the victim here. So don't let it happen. You know, otherwise it's going to be worse for you. So don't let it happen. You know, if your insurance commissioner was pushing this, you know, push back on him because this is going to cause your rate to go up. And while I'd say that that may be true, right? I don't know if it is or it isn't, but let's just say for the sake of argument that it is true. My question is, well, what's the difference between the score that I'm getting today and the best possible score. How much more money are you making on me today because this exists when I have a very good score versus if I had the perfect score? This just seems a little strange. So we did some digging and let's go back to our algorithm and let's just see. I've set all the values on these 17 things as the best possible outcome. Okay, the very best. No derogatory items, no public records, uh, you know, 283 months, um, you know, with trades on file, excluding auto and mortgage uh, loans, that gives you the best possible score. Zero credit inquiries. That's the very best. Okay. Now let's just change a few things and let's not change anything crazy. Let's not change the derogatory items or, you know, anything currently past due right now, but let's just change two things. Let's change number 15, the number of credit card inquiries in the past two years. So the best possible answer is zero. The worst possible answer is five, okay? So let's just change that, okay? And then let's change one other thing. Let's change the percent of active trades with a positive balance. So, you know, do you carry zero on any of your credit cards? Do you carry a balance? You know, most people would carry a balance on some of their cards or at least have you know, more than a dollar, let's say. So let's just say you've got, 
out of all your credit cards, let's say you have five credit cards and one of them you have nothing on and four of them you have more than a dollar on. So let's say 80% of your active trades have a, a positive balance. And let's couple that with saying you have five plus credit card inquiries in the past two years. You go, ladies and gentlemen, from the best score of $1,769 for every six months, you go to the ninth best score, which is $3,005.67 a month. Now, let me get out my calculator here. $3,005.67, and we'll subtract 176908, which is the best score. That is a $1,200 every six-month difference. That's 200 bucks a month. So just because you've had five credit card inquiries in the past 24 months, and you carry on four out of your five credit cards, you carry a balance of more than a dollar. You're paying $200 more per month for auto insurance. Average person, perfect driving record, average neighborhood, average car, unlimited personal injury protection, unlimited medical benefits, which is one of the big benefits in Michigan. Okay? You go from $1,769 to $3,005.67. And that's just changing two things on the chart here. Okay. Now let's just say you had one collection item, okay, in the past five years. Okay. You've got one collection item in the past five years. And then what happens? Now we go from the ninth best score to the 11th best score. So in addition to the 206 bucks, you now have an additional 30 bucks on top of the 206 bucks a month more just for having one collection uh, in the past five years. Now, let's just throw on, you know, something different. Let's throw on that, um, you know, you have a little bit of uh, an account that's past due. Let's say you have 100 bucks on an account that's past due right now. Let's see what that does. Then you stay at that 11th best score. Uh, but now let's say the average number of months that you have on file uh, for your credit report is 283 months. That's the best one. But let's say, you know, this is your situation and you've only had um, 120 months, so 10 years. So now let's see what happens. Now you go from the 11th best score to the 12th best score. And that adds another... 250-ish bucks every six months. That's another 41 bucks a month. So these people, the insurance industry, are nickel and diming you based on these little factors. And some of them, you know, might be a big deal. Some of them might not. But this is what's happening. So let's just go back again and let's just generate a brand new score, okay? Let's generate a brand new score for someone. Let's go back to the perfect score because I think this is going to be even more telling. So let's go back to the perfect score. I've, I've reset everything, okay? And now we're at the number one score, okay? But let's just say you have one collection. What's going to happen here? So let's just change you to one collection account. Everything else is perfect. You just had one account go to collection. No problem. You're staying with the best score. Now what happens if you have two collections? You go from the first best score to the fourth best score. And that's a difference of about 400 bucks every six months. The point I'm trying to make here is that nobody has the very perfect score. So 
is the insurance industry really being truthful and forthright when they say, if you get rid of credit-based insurance scoring, you're the person who's going to go up? Well, hell, you're already paying more. I mean, to get a perfect score, you've got to have 283 months average length of time per trade on file. That's the average the average has got to be that. So if the average is that, you've got to have some that are a lot less and you've got to have some that are a lot more, okay? But that's the average. Now, if you take that average and you say, oh, it's only 45 months, now we go from this calculation from the fourth best score to the seventh best score. This is a big difference. This is a big difference. The fourth best score is at $2,282, and then the seventh best score is $2,845. That's a big difference. So these little tweaks are making a big difference. Ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing I can tell you here is simple. Your credit is playing a bigger factor in your insurance pricing than you realize. Now, here's the other dirty little secret. Not every company runs your credit score again at every renewal. Why wouldn't they do that? Well, they want to keep customers. They don't want to have customers leave. So once they've got you as a customer, they just use the score that they started you with. Now, you may have a right in, depending on what state you are, in the hundreds of or the you know dozens of pages of policy documents you have, you may have the right to request a reorder of your credit score. So if your credit score has gone up, ladies and gentlemen, you need to talk to your insurance agent. You need to say, when's the last time my credit score was ordered for my policy? And if they tell you three years ago and you know your credit's gotten a lot better in three years, hey, maybe you should request this score to be reordered. I mean, we can see here, right? If you had the worst score, 6,700, to the best score, 1,700, that's a big difference. Now, let's say you go from, let's just say, out of 16, you're in the, in the middle at a score of 8, that's $2,800 premium. And let's say you go to a 4, it cuts you down to 2200 That's a big difference. So, I would tell you that... The insurance industry doesn't make this easy for you to find out why, again, listen to episode six, you'll hear the quote from the CEO of Allstate Insurance Company that talks about how this has been, you know, a big, you know, profitability uh, engine for the insurance industry. And they're not going to make it easy for you to figure all this out. And they're not going to tell you what you can do to lower your rate. They're not going to advise you of the legally uh, required options um, that they have to give you under your state's insurance law. They're going to bury it in paperwork. I mean, insurance companies, they're great at burying paperwork, right? I mean, these are legal contracts that you get dozens and dozens and dozens of pages, you know. I mean, amendments to paragraphs that are further back in the contract are in there. Like, this is the most, you know, not straightforward document that anyone's ever read in their entire life. And so, they'll throw this stuff in there, you know, your, your legal rights in there, way at the back. So, after you're already exhausted from reading uh, everything else, they throw these things in at the back because they're legally required to. But they're not going to make it easy for you. No one else is going to talk to you about this. Your agent is probably pretty lazy. And what their agent's going to tell you, if you call them and say, hey, Mr. Agent, uh, how much is my credit causing my price to go up or down? 
they're going to tell you probably they have no idea, um, but they might not want to tell you that because they don't want to sound like a fool. So what they're going to tell you is, oh, Mr. Client, you know, it's not at all very much. You know, it might be just a little, you know, your insurance score is based on a lot of things like your driving record and your, your current insurance. And while that may be true in other parts of your insurance policy or your insurance rating, insurance score specifically credit-based insurance score is based on credit. We have seen the algorithm. I read you the 17 factors here. The 17 factors are don't say anything about driving record, right? Not one of them. You can go back and listen to it. I read each of them off. Munson's most recent delinquency. A uh, number of collections in the past five years. Those are the things that are on file. Those are the things that are impacting. So when you ask your insurance representative this, and they give you some runaround answer, you know what I like to say? All right, show me the receipts. I mean, you know, okay, could you direct me in my policy document that shows what my insurance score is and what the best is and the worst is? And, you know, get some good questions in there. Don't just, you know, salespeople like to kind of, Church it up, I guess, would be a good way to say it without being too offensive, right? They like to kind of just tell you what they want to tell you. They want to redirect the conversation. Ask the good questions. Ask questions that you think matter. And if you think they aren't giving you a good answer, tell them, I want to know where it says that in my policy. And if they can't tell you that, something's wrong. If they can't direct you to the right part of the policy to read, something is wrong. Either one, they don't know what the hell they're talking about, or two, they're trying to deceive you. And don't let them do that, right? Don't let them do that. You're the person who's in control. You need to talk to an insurance advisor who is honest, who's ethical, and who, if they don't know, they just say, hey, listen, I don't know. No one else has asked me that. That's a great question. I'm going to figure it out for you and let you know. It might take me a day or two. I might need to call you back, whatever it is. I'll send you an answer in writing, whatever. That's at least legit. That's at least saying, hey, I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you. That's good. But someone who just kind of... BS is the answer. That's not someone that I would want to do business with. And I probably not someone you want to do business with. I, at least I hope not. If you're calling a 1-800 number, you know, if you've got a direct writer, right, like Geico, Progressive, USAA, you never talk to the same person twice. You could call there every day for the next 15 years. You'll never talk to the same person twice because they employ, you know, all these people in call centers. Are they going to know? Probably not. Are they going to be able to get back to you with an answer? Probably not. I don't know. Ask them. I, I don't deal with someone like that. But if you do, start asking the right questions. How much is my premium being impacted? When's the last time you ran my credit score? Because maybe it's gotten a lot better. Heck, if it's gotten a lot worse, you don't want to bring that up, I guess. But maybe if it has gotten worse, maybe they've reordered it since you think they have. And maybe... I don't know, maybe it's gotten better. Maybe you're planning for it to get better. And you say, wow, if I really invest the time in improving my credit score, it can make a big impact on my auto price. So not only am I going to have interest rates, you know, potentially go down when I reapply for new credit, but hey, I'm going to save a lot of money on my insurance. This is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. This is, as we called it in the last episode, the dirty secret of insurance pricing. This is the playbook. I have given you the playbook. I've told you the factors that matter and that they can make a $4,979 price difference between the worst and the best on an average person driving an average car in an average community with unlimited PIP on their Michigan auto policy. 
That is a huge amount. It is worthwhile for you to be looking at these rating factors. There are other rating factors, sure, but this one makes a hell of a difference. This one, $4,979 from best to worst. I mean, come on. That's the difference between making a lot of money on a monthly basis and spending all a ton of money on this extra expense because of credit? I mean, I don't know. I presume there could be a lot of bad credit people out there who've never gotten a ticket or accident in their entire life, right? And they're getting screwed over on their auto insurance rate. And there could be a lot of really good credit people who've had some bad luck recently and, you know, run into three stop signs and, you know, rear-ended someone because they were texting and driving. This, to me doesn't make sense. So I encourage you to do what you have to do. Ask the right questions. You're now armed with information. Use it. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate you listening. And we'll talk again about this topic on the next episode as well. 